Hey guys. Hey yo. Hey yo. Tamper and Kendall. We're back at you for another week of living life legit. Living life with Jesus. Living life with Jesus. That's that's what we try to do every day. This month has been rougher than most. Which one? October or November? Because really it's only the third of November. So first of all, it's the fourth of November. Get it together, girl. And second of all, we do get to Whatever. fall back because Texas still does oh, that stupid yeah. fall back business. So it's going to be dark at like 3.30 p.m. I don't like fall back. I feel like it makes the days longer. I don't No, Fall back makes the days shorter. How is that possible? Because it gets dark legitimately at like 5.10. But don't you gain an hour? You gain an hour. Exactly. But remember, you'll be sitting there and you're like, gosh, it's so dark outside. It must be like 830 at night. No, it's 6. 6 p.m. I know. That makes my day feel longer. You can go to bed when it's dark. I hate the spring forward where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. And it's 945 at night and the sun's still shining through my window. <laughs> Basically, I don't like moving forward or backward because I don't know why we do it. Because honestly, the earth knows what it's doing. So if you've noticed, like every for every day of November, we've lost a minute of day, daylight. Like the Earth knows what it's doing on its own. Well, and what's funny too is that if they blame it on like the farmers, the farmers don't care if it's lighter day; they're still going to go outside and work. No matter work, no, no, they're working <laughs> no matter work. Work, 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 work. And second of all, what are we harvesting in the dead of winter? Just asking. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. Exactly. Like the corn harvest is done. Can I can I get an amen for all the Iowa peeps? Amen, Iowa peeps. Looking at you. I just, I don't like any of it. I don't like springing forward. I don't like it. Can I get an amen for Texas to be like Arizona and boycott this whole time change? I thought we had. I feel like it comes up every year. Oh, it has. For probably like 20 years. It's ridiculous. They just want to torture us. So anyway, here we are. So yeah, it was, it was a long October. Very long October. Well, can you believe it that it's almost Christmas and we've been doing this podcast for almost a year? All I want for Christmas is you. Okay, it's my well, favorite time of the year, guys. Mariah Carey time. I would be Santa's best elf. Buddy the elf has nothing on me. If he were real. If Santa were real. So we should be Jesus's best disciples. I, that's an all year round job. <laughs> I feel like if I could just go to the North Pole... I did for my Halloween party. We did Frozen as our theme, and I set up a hot cocoa bar, and I won. Oh, did you? Nice. So we won too. We were the Ninja Turtles. Did you Heroes in a Half Shell? Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle power. So I hope everybody had fun um, doing whatever holiday—well, not holiday, but Halloween activity—they do. Yeah, whether you dressed up, passed out candy, or didn't do nothing at all. As of Wednesday, it was Dia de los Muertos. I mean, I don't recognize it, but I'm, I'll give a shout out. I am married a Mexican. So. You're a dork. I know. This week. Well, okay. So let's recap last week. Amber, what did we talk about last week? We talked about forgiveness and why we need it. That's very true. Why are you looking at me like we, that? Well, we all need forgiveness. I think you need forgiveness for me right now because you don't want to be my producer. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anyway, yes, we all need forgiveness. We do. We've all felt the need for forgiveness. We've all been in the position where we need to forgive. So it's a very universal thing. And then this week, we are going to talk about... God's judgment. Righteous judgment. And we preface that with the fact that God is the only true judge. Dudge. He's the only (laughs) true judge. 
He is. He's the only one because to God, a sin is a sin is a sin. He's the only one who's going to There's only judge one court of law. Rightly and fairly. And that's of the Holy Trinity. That's right. That I like to right. think of Jesus as the bailiff. Like God's judging Jesus as the bailiff. Oh, I can't, we can't. I gave the analogy before where he's our he's our attorney. He's our, attorney. He's our defense attorney. Never so mind. then the Holy Spirit would be the bailiff. Holy Spirit is the bailiff. <laughs> that's what I that's what I like. There's yeah. no jury. There's no jury. There is no jury. God is the jury. It's, it's literally jury judge. by judge. That's it. So in this chapter, Paul um pretty Paul much again. lays... You guys, you guys remember Paul. Remember Paul. He's he's an apostle and he likes to write epistles. So Paul the epistle writing apostle. <laughs> there it is. Say that five times fast. Five times fast. So in this chapter, Paul basically has landed in on the Jews. And we're going to discuss the guilt of the Jews. Well, in all fairness, he does talk to the Gentiles as well. He does. But in this specific chapter, he is really laying in he on the Jews. Call, he's he's going to call them out on the carpet <laughs> and say, listen here. But at the end of the day, both Jews and Gentiles will be judged alike. Yeah. Yeah. So. So let's kind of dig in. Let's just start right off the bat with verse one. I think that's going to lay the whole groundwork of this chapter. Agreed. Therefore, every one of you who judges is without excuse. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the same things. Now, I think judgment is, for us as humans, it is a sin. And I think it's one that all of us struggle with. I know I struggle with it quite a bit. And I know lots of other people struggle with judgment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all you got, Ken. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yes. And I feel like there's because people who do spread the gospel and you see not necessarily preachers, but there are people who go out like on the streets and will preach and share the gospel and stuff, and people will call them saying that they're being judgmental of other people. But really they're not being judgmental. What they're doing is spreading the truth. So there is because what have I said a million times before? People don't turn away from Christ. They turn away from Christians. Right. And I think every every religion kind of has this, but there tends to be. And this is why I told you before, I don't always like, quote unquote, religion. I like spiritual. I'm a God follower. That's Christian. That's what I am. I don't necessarily like to adhere to a religion, but we get a lot of that. We get a lot of um Especially, I feel like, and I don't mean to call out my Southern peeps, but I feel like, you know, we live in the Bible Belt. So that Deep yeah. South tends to be a little bit judgy yeah. on things. But what is it? Pray on Sunday, cuss on Monday kind of a thing where we're, our, our human nature is to sin. I mean, right. we're, we're a fallible species. So Paul is telling us in this chapter, we're not without sin, so we have no place to judge. We can't judge others. And we can't compare by like in, in comparison to our judgment of, oh, uh, you know, because I know my daughter likes to tell me, which she told me this this week, by the way. She called me to chit chat about something. And I was like, why are you telling me this? She goes, well, I know you like to spill the tea. I said, rude. <laughs> or no, what did she tell me? She goes, I know you like tea. And I'm like, wow. That's so funny. we might think of, oh, well, you know, you. I think all of us have that one gossip at work. So, but we like to make the comparison of, well, I can pass judgment because I'm Christian or I'm. Whoever I am, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I follow God, so I can pass judgment on them for their poor behavior, their sins. Well, that's what I'm saying is the people who are out there spreading the gospel, there's a difference between them being judgmental yeah. or them just telling the truth. 
Yeah. Like, if you're offended by the truth, and that's on you, that's not them being judgmental. Like, just like when you go to church and your pastor is giving you a sermon, he's not judging you. Right. Like, if that <laughs> sermon is really hitting home for you, like, well, he's just being judgmental, but he's not. I'm pretty sure that's God calling you. He's he, God loves to call you out. He does. God calls me out quite a bit. So if you ever feel compelled like that or called, that's not, let's say, necessarily the person judging you. That's God saying. Woohoo! Well, that sound familiar? <laughs> and by us being judgmental, we're taking that role away from God and almost and putting like ourselves that. in His place, and that is not yeah, right. He doesn't. He doesn't tend to like that. No. But, well, and who are we to judge? I'm a yeah. sinner. I have no right to judge anybody. And that's one of the things that Paul tells us too: is that when we judge others, all we're doing is condemning ourselves. Right. Really, it's true. It's the truth. So, and then moving on with God's righteous judgment in chapter two, verse five, because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. He will repay each one of you according to his works. I do like that. I should have just had you go ahead and read that too. I do like that. I think too, one of the things as... Jews, Gentile. I mean, in this time period when Paul's talking to, because he's talking to both the Gentiles and the Jews that are in Rome at the time. When he's talking about this, I think he's he's talking to all of us that we're by no means immune to judgment. We all know if, you know, if we're following God's word that there will be a judgment day. So when we all die, we go before God. And, and like we have said, God sitting up on the he's Judge Judy. <laughs> Then you have Jesus defending us. And remember, we talked about Satan is your prosecuting persecutor. Yep. He's the one going, see what they did. See what they did. He's putting on, I mean, he's laying it all. And I mean, funny enough for Satan, I don't know why he doesn't realize God already knows everything. He so he does. already knows all my sins. And we're going to have to take account for everything that we've done. Whether we mm-hmm. think it's something as little as telling a lie versus someone who's standing in judgment in front of God for murdering, it's all the same. It's we all are same. all going to have to account and pay for our sins. And that's what he says. He will repay each one of us according to our works. And so when he's talking about that, especially, he judges us by our faith. I mean, we've talked a million times that, you know, God's promised heaven to mm-hmm. each one of us, uh, you know, the riches and the, the the glory, all of that to go to heaven with him and Jesus and live happily ever after. Like, that's that's where we're all going for eternity. If you take it, we've talked about that as well of you have to accept Jesus. You have to believe that he is the son of man. Or I mean, son of man. He is the son of man, but the son of God yeah. above all else. And one thing that we wanted to focus on here was repentance. And that I think, and for, for Gentiles alike, I think one of the things that they get stuck in is that they get stuck in that mindset of, if I just do good works, if I just do good works, if I do good things, if I'm a good person, I'll get into heaven. And mm-hmm. that's not how it works. And God is going to judge each of us based through our faith. So do we have faith in Jesus? Are we repenting for our sins? Are we coming to him, basically giving our lives over to God? We talked last week about, I mean, one of the things that's interesting, because I think a lot of Gentiles get stuck in that, like we like we, like I just said, stuck in that mindset of doing good works. But I think we also take advantage of the fact that we're aware of what a forgiving, merciful, and mm-hmm. gracious God we have. So we just automatically think, oh, well, you know, I'm forgiven. Like, I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, so I'm forgiven. 
And I kind of painted the picture for Kindle. It's almost like sitting at the kitchen table and there's forgiveness in the middle of the kitchen table. And you're like, oh, well, it's there. Yeah, it's there, but you have to take it. You have right. to accept it. You can't just say, oh, well, it's out there. You you have, And that's what I mean by God judges us by our faith. Yeah, it's sitting there for the taking. Jesus has been sitting out there forever. We, you know, we've had him our whole lives. Thousands mm-hmm. of years now, we've had the knowledge of Jesus. But we have to accept that knowledge. Well, and faith and works go hand in hand because it even says in James 2 that faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And in James 2, verse 14, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So it's they're hand in hand. You can't yeah. just have faith in Christ and still openly sin and do all these things. Well, I'm a Christian. God's forgiven mm-hmm. me. That doesn't mean you get to go out and get drunk or go sleep around with a bunch of people all the time just because God has forgiven you. Same way with if you don't believe in God, but you're a good person, that doesn't mean you're going to get into heaven. So you have to have both of those working simultaneously for it to work, essentially. I think it's something I mentioned, too. uh, I I know, especially growing up, like for us, we grew up in a Baptist church, and I think they almost preach in a certain sense that healthy fear of God, that God's supposed to be fearful. Mm -hmm. Or not, God's not supposed to be fearful, but we're fearful of Him. Mm -hmm. And I think... This is where maybe it gets confusing of, oh, well, good, you know, how this goes hand in hand, the good works and the faith. When you accept Jesus, and I, I promise you, if you've honestly and truly accepted Jesus, your life has changed, your heart has changed, mm-hmm. you are eternally changed. Well, because the things that hurt God's heart start to hurt your heart. And so it makes you want to repent. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you fully understand the magnitude of God sending his only son, and when you understand the crucifixion story and you dig deeper into that and understand what happened so that there was a debt to pay your debt, mm-hmm. it changes you forever. And it makes you, to me, like I want to repent when I do something bad because Jesus has touched me, changed me, oh, lives yeah. in my heart. I want to repent for those sins. I want that forgiveness, not because I'm afraid of God, not because I'm scared of, you know, going before judgment, but because I want to do that. And that's kind of, I think, where sometimes the good works get mixed in. You're like, oh, I'm going to do, like, we feel like we have to earn it. Right. And there's no way we can earn what Jesus did for us on the cross. There's nothing, there's no amount of good works that we could ever do that will repay what God did for us. And that's something, too, when you go before judgment. And as Kendall said, you know, whether you've, you're a serial killer or you only gossip at when you're at work, you have to account for those sins. When you repent for those sins, God already knows that. Mm-hmm. He knows it's true on your heart. So that's where it comes in. You've already been forgiven. And that's where Jesus comes in as your defense. He's like, right. so when Satan brings that up, he says, well, what about this? What about this, God? And Jesus goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Amber's repented for that. She's already been forgiven. Here I am. I'm her forgiven. You know, what's funny is that when I picture Judgment Day for us, like I I picture each of us standing before God and almost like a reel of, it's going to be just like a reel of the things that we've done and God's going to stop it and be like, okay, let's talk about this scene. And he's going to play out the scene of what happened and then you have to be like, well, okay. And then he's going to move on to the next thing after that. Like that's just in a funny way of how I kind of picture it. And that's the case of God too is he, which mom? Kelly, I'm reading this for you. Verse 11, for there is no favoritism with God. <laughs> God doesn't play favorites. Okay? He's not. He doesn't, doesn't. care your status on earth, no. your wealth, who you're friends with. He doesn't care about anything other than your relationship and your faith with him. 
all of this material stuff in this sinful world, he could care less. That buys you, that does not, and this is the thing back in the Roman Catholic Church and why Martin Luther had to write his whole thesis and nail it to the door. Because, you know, back in Roman Catholic times, they were selling what they call indulgences. Mm -hmm. So you were paying your way out of purgatory to get into heaven quicker. There's nothing that you can do. You can't buy your way in. You can't talk your way in. No favoritism. No, God doesn't need anything from us. He really doesn't. I mean, what what are you going to do with all this money? Just the same way of maybe that's why I don't have a hoarding issue, which, you know, it kind of runs in my family. Dad, Riley, talking to you two. I, I just, and I... Raul. <laughs> I kind of sort of live with a hoarder where I just, my whole mentality is I can't take it with me. Right. Like when I leave this earth and I'm going to get my inheritance, like my, all my stuff is already up there. All right. I like to think that God has built me an entire library. <laughs> like I just going to walk into my home in, in heaven and it's literally Bell's library. That's funny. So all my stuff is there. I like to think my Frenchies will be there too. Here's hoping. I know I do. That's a that's a hard thing to talk about with people because you know animals don't have souls. So I just like to think that God put them there <laughs> because it's that's what you know, we're happy. But I think it would be great to get to heaven and you just see just a and I will, boatload of animals, literally an, yeah. an ark, a an boatload ark. of animals. Oh my gosh! Can you just think <laughs> when you're just walking into heaven? I love that one picture of the girl like hugging Jesus. Oh, first day, in first heaven. day in heaven. Yeah, like when like. When Jesus shows me my house and it's Belle's library, I will do the whole spin that she does. Like, oh, I will. It's like when they talk about, you know, when you see Jesus for the first time, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're like, what are you going to kneel? You're you're like like, one of like how many people, one of three people? Like you're the silent, like dumbfounded of a, uh, or you're like running into his arms. Running and doing the hug and you're like, oh my gosh, finally. Just knelt at his feet, just bawling. I like to think Kendall would first Kendall's gonna cry, but she's gonna fist bump. No, I really feel like fist bump. Yeah. After everything Jesus has done for me, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna ball fist bump and I'm it. gonna take him to the ground. I don't it's I'm Jesus. I don't think <laughs> you're gonna Jesus, take Jesus. Are you to the ready ground. for a tackle hug? Because like that's I what I feel like I would do. I don't know if you're gonna be able to tackle Jesus to the ground. Probably it's not. Jesus. I know. It's He's this, uh, you know what? He might be really tall when we get there. So who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. But. So keep it on with Romans. We get into, so we talked a little bit about well, repentance. We did. Paul kind of goes after the Jews a little bit. Just a smidgen for Just the like last. Just like I said, he's calling them out on the carpet. Not that he's going to like fist to cuffs it or anything like that. He's not like coming to blows. He's just saying, hey. I kind of like to think of it as. Woohoo. <laughs> Like, okay, we're going to, like, he's about to humble the Jews. I because think so. it's, you are God's chosen people, and you have his law, and then he's about to call you out. Well, you have all of these things, but you're still not doing it. Okay, I'm going to break it down, because Kimberly knows I have an issue with the Jews that left Egypt. I have issues because you are God's chosen people. Moses, how many were there? Like, two million Moses, literally, I mean, you wit- you witnessed the 10 plagues of Egypt. You survived all of them without a hair on your head being touched. You go to the, and you just, how long, when you and me and mom were talking about this, it should have taken, what, a week for them to get to the promised land? Probably give or take. I'm, I'm, I think that's what it was. We Because you just don't want to listen. So it, 
So here I have the issue of the Jews are God's chosen people. They're God's chosen people because Jesus comes from that line. That's why they were chosen. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes from the line of the Jews, which in technicality, I mean, kind of all do. But where I have the issue is they've witnessed all these miraculous miracles. You've seen Jesus. You've had all of this. You have his laws. You have the commandments. You had Moses. You had Joshua. You have all of this, the refusal to still believe that Jesus is the son of man. And it's almost like they put all their eggs in one basket that they're like, well, we're like Kendall just said, well, we're God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. And which clearly we've seen already. That does not save you Jews because you did. You, you kind of got in trouble. Well, I mean, God is following you by a fire at night. It, so you witnessed all this stuff and you're hanging your hat on the fact that you're God's chosen people. However, you're not immune to his judgment or his right. wrath. Just because you're God's chosen people. Just, so it's kind of when when Paul keeps going with chapter two and he talks about, you know, the laws. Like, just because you have the laws, are you following them? Are you, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, we have the laws mm-hmm. and leave it at that. Same way that we just discussed with the Gentiles, that we can't say, oh, well, God's forgiving. And he's, you know, Jesus came, right. he died for mercy, he already forgave me. So we can't hang our hat on the fact that Jesus died for our sins. <clears throat> there's there's more to it. It's a continuous thing. So if you read Romans 20, ver, chapter 2, verse 23, you who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. I read 24 as well. Mm. So they boast on the fact that we have all, you know, being God's chosen people, we have all of this knowledge. Right. So it's almost in a sense that they pass judgment on Gentiles because they're like, well, you're not God's chosen people. So Paul's kind of calling them out here saying, yeah, you might have the law, but are you following the law? Like you can't preach the law and then turn around and not follow the law. Right. I mean, he he kind of talks about them, you know, you're you're teaching us, but same thing, you, you're t- preaching not to steal. But do you steal? What else does he say? You're you're uh, talking about people who are committing adultery, but are you committing adultery? Are you committing adultery? You detest idols. But one thing we know from the Jews in the Old Testament is Moses was up there for what? Ten days and they like melted everything down and built an idol. So it's one of those things of he's he's saying it can't be a do as I say, not as I do sort of a thing. Well, it kind of makes me think of Moses, too, because did you know that Moses didn't get to enter the promised land? He did not. Because Don't he, get me started. You know how I feel about Because Moses. he didn't obey God. See, here's where Amber is at. <laughs> Poor Amber. I fight with this, guys, because then I get the victim mentality for Moses. And I'm like, I know, God, but he really had a deal with a bunch of crybabies. And he did. And- but he was chosen by God to do all this. And it's funny to read that too and hear him argue back and forth with god about well i'm not really you know i'm not the best speaking openly with people and i just i have like stage fright essentially yeah but he was god's chosen prophet to lead the israelites out of egypt and he still didn't get to go into the promised land because he didn't obey god and it's interesting because if you see at the end though he wasn't mad about it like he, you know, because he understood. He did. And that was what you, that's what you call a faithful heart. Yes. Because at the end of all of that, when he got, to, God let him see the promised land and he got to kind of, in a sense, see God at the moment. I mean, he completely understood. Mm-hmm. And now, thankfully, Jesus went, got him out. But you to do. Heaven, and he's living out his eternal riches. And it's almost, it is almost like, you know, growing up with, not understanding like why you were punished for certain things or why your parents wouldn't let you do certain things. And the older you get, you you understand mm-hmm. it now. 
Yeah. So you're like, oh, I see. So I kind of see that as his thing of, I understand why, why God did what he did. I, you know, he's taking ownership for his sins and what he did, mm-hmm. essentially, in my mind, I think. And I think that shows, too, hitting home the fact of he knew, I think, what was waiting for him, too. Like, yeah. God had made him promises. So I think he knew, too, my promises aren't here. Right. Granted, we're talking about the promised land. Right. <laughs> but I think that's what he knew, too. It was kind of one of those of, okay, like, I understand, you know, I get it. Do you want to talk about the circumcised heart? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of goes on. Paul goes on a little bit about, he does about um, circumcision. At the, of, at the end of this, and he's kind of drawing a metaphor, if you will. To yes. Circumcision, we talked about that. That's a big deal. It's a big deal in the Jewish community. Of circ- Remember, Joshua had everybody re-circumcised that way because the children. The ones who weren't. So even grown adults. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Ouch. After they won, um, was Jericho, right? Talking about that. After they won the Battle of Jericho, he had everybody that wasn't circumcised be circumcised. It's it's a big deal. It is a big deal. But he kind of draws this metaphor in the last, what, six verses about, um, because it's a law that all Jewish males are circumcised. And that you can be circumcised, but again, if you're not living out the faith, then it's almost like you're uncircumcised. And so, so, Kendall, verse 28. Verse 28 says, For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, and true circumcision is not something visible in the flesh. In verse 29. On the contrary, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart, by the spirit, not the letter. That person's praise is not from people, but from God. So it kind of goes into a little bit about I read some I was when I was doing the study for this I read somewhere on oh gosh I wish I could remember but there's a difference between because we talked before about people who you know go and do good things like they go and do charity work or mm-hmm. they go, and they're mm-hmm. posting pictures on social media that's self-serving that's that's a self-serving right goal. like look I'm handing these this couple you know five million dollars like I'm such an amazing person like true charity comes from true love which we know Jesus is the embodiment of love and we're supposed to love every Everyone as Jesus loved everyone thing. And that's that's what it is. It's not taking pictures and putting it on social media. It's not about feeling good about yourself. It's none of that. It's about inwardly. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, that would be kind of like, I guess the perfect example of that is, do you know that God loves you? Yeah. And if he said yes, then you're like, perfect, because he loves everyone. That's really Romans 2. That is Romans 2. So, I mean, hope you guys come back. <laughs> Next time, please come back next time. Can somebody shoot me an email? Mom, can you email us? Somebody. You can follow us on Instagram at living underscore life underscore legit. You can email us at livinglifelegit7 at gmail.com. Sneak into our DMs proudly. No, March. (laughs) Just come on. Get with it. Get with us. Let us know if there's any topics you would like us to discuss or to dig into. We have some fun stuff planned for the rest of the year, so we're excited about that. It's Amber's favorite time of year. It is. So I hope everybody has a great week. And remember, Jesus loves the sinner. Jesus loves the sinner. Bye.